And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. Well, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more. Hi, I'm Dr. Andres Michaelitis, Chief Psychologist at Noom. This past year has shown us how important our overall health is, and Noom is here to help. Most weight loss plans fall short because they don't provide lasting results. But at Noom, our psychology-driven approach is designed to help you change your relationship with food. Changing the way you eat starts with your mind, and Noom gives you the tools you need to succeed on your terms. Sign up now and lose the weight for good at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Hey people, it's your boy Ish and welcome to season 3 of the podcast. Now in this season, we have a lot in store for you, the listeners. But in case you're a new listener, let me reintroduce Loudly Saying It to you. This is a podcast that is aimed at young black men. In the podcast, we talk about life, relationships, business, health, and any other topics you've always wanted to discuss, but we're too afraid to. Look, there's no judgment here, so let's just jump right in. Hey people, so before we jump into this episode with River, I just wanted to talk about a few things. When I was listening to the podcast, just to make sure everything is good, I came by this gem and I'm just going to go ahead and have it play for you guys so you guys can listen to it. It sums up what River does. Like she, as you can hear from her voice, is a very calm individual. She encourages that side of you that you always try to suppress just by being around her. Now, as a sex expert, that is a character that will make you get your people to open up. Like, I don't even know what to say. It's we're having a conversation. If you've listened by my voice, I am just rambling and she's just calmly responding. Now, if somebody like that cannot get you to open up, I don't think anybody else will. And talking about my voice. Now, I had a little issue with Zoom where for some reason my recording was a little lower than Riba's. She had a perfect recording, but mine was just a little lower. So my editing, we've tried to bring it up as high as possible without making it sound like I'm underwater. So forgive me for that. But the message is truly what Reba has to say. I'm just there to facilitate her saying it to you guys. But besides that, I want you guys to really listen to the message. And I want you guys to actually take action, especially for the brothers. We have a, lit, a lot of things in here for you. And for my sisters as well, listen and help us facilitate the message. And it will actually resonate with you as well. Well, with that being said, listen to the clip I wanted you to, and then let's jump into it. I'm a Black woman who's also married to a Black man and ha is raising three Black men of my own. So, like, I, I'm here for Black men. I love Black men. I want to support Black men. But also, like, we all have to start listening to each other more. Ladies and gentlemen, I have with me uh, Reba the Diva. Uh, if you guys are not already following her on social media, it's the sex expert. It's uh, Reba the Diva on Instagram. She and I reconnected during my first season of the podcast. That's when the podcast was called Apparently with Mr. Ganda. And I know I went to DC. Reba, if you remember when I went and I sat with you and Sarah was out there. I forgot the place, what, what the name of the place was called. It was Cove. It was my office. It was yeah. Cove. Yeah. So I went over there. I had to set up everything. And she was very good gracious with me this person that we've never we only met once prior to that and i said you know what i want to have a conversation with her about sex and everything and i was going into it not knowing how this conversation was going to turn out because i never actually <laughs> had a conversation about sex with uh, somebody let alone somebody who that's what they do that's their profession they they educate people about sex i was always uh, looking forward to bringing her back on the podcast so i thought well what better way to do it than season three and uh, everybody if you just go ahead and reintroduce yourself to the audience some people might remember you some people are new so just please go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Reba, also known as Reba the Diva, and I am a certified sex educator and CEO of a company called Sexpert Consultants. And 
we teach pleasure positive sex education workshops to curious adults. Yeah, awesome. Like I could not have even said that better. And, <laughs> and people always think like, well, adults, curious adults, what does that mean? That's like somebody like me. So for you guys who, who try to think like, oh, you know everything about sex, trust me, after you have a conversation with Reba, you you learn that you, you know very, very little. <laughs> Very, very little. And um, most of the stuff we know also is based on what we were taught by our parents or what we were taught by culture out there, the things that we think it's not yeah. normal for you to talk about. So today we're definitely going to go into that. But uh, before we go for I want you guys to know what the overarching uh, conversation is. It's like, it's going to, it's about understanding that it is okay to talk about sex and as black men which you guys know uh the brothers out there it is okay to express your sexuality in a way where it doesn't have to be the toxic way we've been taught that as a black man when you talk about sex it has to be in this place that doesn't include your partner in it that makes it feel like you have all the cards you all all the cards and you have to be the one to kind of dictate how things go and also another thing that we're trying to talk about today is protecting black women. So this, this is going to be first part of the Dear Black Men episodes. And this is just telling you guys that, hey, we got to protect them. Like I've told you guys on the story the other day that I sent out to the guys that are on the text group, it's if you want them to be fighting for your freedom, you have to continue to protect them. And what better way to start doing that than talking about sex than just being in the sex uh, education class with a sex educator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I love, go ahead. I love how, how you, how you talk about that, right? How you view sex education as like this revolutionary act, right? Because it's more than just learning how penises and vaginas work, right? It, it's, it's really like understanding what pleasure is and how it works and like really dedicating yourself to that for yourself and for your partner. And I think black men especially are, are battling two battles, right? The first, battle is not really like understanding you know if they're hetero right not really understanding women and how our bodies work but then like not really feeling loved and like comfortable and empowered within themselves right because toxic masculinity tells you that if you're not strong with like six-pack abs and like ripped muscles and big arm like you are not you know manly and so men find themselves in this really like insecure space and don't know how to deal with that insecurity because what that insecurity is telling them is that they're not men, right? So yeah, I I get it. And I'm, that's why I roll up my sleeves and do this work. And like, yeah, I teach little cute classes like Blow His Mind, Fellatio 101 and Cunnilingus 101, how to eat cake. But beyond that, like it's so, it's much deeper than that, like way deeper than that. It is, but uh, you, those classes are definitely needed, trust me. <laughs> needed. So let's, let's not downplay the... The importance yeah. of those classes, because uh, mm-hmm. I know the guys out there have their stories of things that they've been through, and they thought, "Well, yeah, man." After tonight, she ain't going nowhere, and then the next day, she doesn't even call you back. <laughs> like, whoa, I done, and she's over there like, "Nah, nah, he did it." So, guys, uh, you need to make sure you link up with Reba and get in one of those classes, please, please, please. It's necessary for us to be able to pleasure our partners and know how what kind of pleasure we want back and mm-hmm. uh, uh that's definitely what she's discussing in that but like you say yeah sex education is revolutionary i know there's there's a new or it's rather maybe a second season now on netflix i forgot the title of the show but it's about sex education and stuff it's called sex education oh well <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it on Netflix. Like when I go on, it will say uh, sex education or something. I saw the preview, but I never actually watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, definitely that's something. If you want to start uh, small, you can try that out. Check it out. I'm pretty sure they have some information on it. Yeah, I mean, so sex education is like, it's a show. It's a scripted show about a woman who is a sex educator. And like all of the teenagers, like the just it's about teenage angst, right? And like all the things that we learn that we shouldn't. And like all of the places that we actually learn it's a it's a good show i i don't want to spoil it for anybody it's a good show i don't watch it because it's like being at work right exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I get it i get it but another thing also why i love having you on as well is because this show like i said before is geared towards black men right and i'm not saying that the sisters and our queens and uh also targeted but i want the black men to actually listen and I have these people that come on that talk to you that actually tell you things that 
maybe society has not told you before or society is in like in the case of sex society has told you that you don't talk about these things as a black man and so not only are you a man you're a black man as well in, the, in this nation in this country where we with everything that's going on we know how society deals with our society or well, what society thinks we are or who society thinks we are but the reason why i love having you is you're hearing this from a black woman a woman that knows what you're going through somebody that is going through the same things sometimes that you're going through so the message yeah go ahead River. i'm a black woman who's also married to a black man and ha is raising three black men of my own so like i i'm here for black men i love black men i want to support black men but also like we all have to start listening to each other more so yeah, yeah definitely so you see that's why it because i know if i brought somebody on and, I, and i'm not trying to knock anybody else's uh thing or whatever but bringing somebody on that cannot relate to your background that doesn't know what you're going through on a day-to-day -day basis sometimes there's going to be a gap in the message as much as they're trying to help you there's going to be a gap in the message because they don't know how to relate or how to relay the message to you because they don't have that background and that's why whenever I think about having these conversations, the first person that comes to mind is Reba, because I know when I had my first interview with her, as much as I was interviewing her about for the show, I learned from it. And because there was a way she relayed the message. And for the brothers out there, this is for you guys. This is uh, to educate you guys on the importance of listening and communicating. And it's not just when you listen to this, I don't want you to go like, well, I bet I'm about to call my girl right now. I know what I learned today. I mean, <laughs> you can do that if if you learned a lot of stuff, but I want you to listen to what she has to say. And the sex and pleasure is not just about the act. And I'm pretty sure there's more to it. And hopefully mm -hmm. we will go ahead and kind of dive a little deeper into that so you get like the behind the scenes for that. Go ahead. You got something to say? <laughs> No, I was just going to echo that, like, we, uh, as, there's this great book called Pleasure Activism. I recommend everybody go read it. It's by a woman, Black woman named Adrienne Marie Brown. And it's about exactly what you're talking about, right? Like, about how, as Black people, we are often, like, taken, like, joy is taken from us. Pleasure is, like, denied from us. And so this work that I do and this work that we do and the learning that people do around me is so important because to reclaim your pleasure is to reclaim your joy, right? And and sometimes in this like world where things are hard, our joy is really the one thing that we can come back to. And so through this work, I am teaching people how to find their joy and find their pleasure, but also like, you know, I'm saving the world, one orgasm at a time. So. Yeah, definitely saving the world. And I love that. It's to reclaim your pleasure is to reclaim your joy. So that's a gem there because... We, and I know myself included, sometimes you feel like, well, I cannot do this or I cannot say certain things. And even my wife would, would say that sometimes, like, you don't share uh, like the, some of the things that you really like or the things that you want to do. And sometimes it's out of fear, it's like, well, I don't want to be judged. And it's like, well, if you're not opening up, I, she will end up thinking, well, she doesn't he doesn't trust me or he, maybe he's up to something else. And it's... You might not be any up to anything. It's just that you you've been taught, especially me coming from Africa. You we don't sex is not something you talk about. For some reason, yeah. they believe that you get old, and then kids just appear. Like nobody ever teaches you about sex. Nobody ever talks to you about sex. You're told to not have sex, and when you're going through school, I know people have seen memes out there. Said African parents, you're in, in middle school, don't have don't get a, don't get a boyfriend. In high school, you don't need a boyfriend. In college, you don't need a boyfriend. But when you graduate, they say, "Where's well, your husband?" <laughs> so you taught me not to do this thing and not to even talk about it all my life and then when i'm in my 30s and my 40s i have no kids you start calling all my aunties and uncles like oh complaining that he doesn't want to give me any grandkids mm. how am i supposed to give you grandkids whenever i had that conversation and like think about this not only are you not allowed to talk about it you're not supposed to talk about it you're not supposed to have it but then once you get married magically you're supposed to know everything about it and be good at it exactly Exactly, because, you because, know, oh, yeah, actually, somebody was just talking about that earlier, that a newly married couple back home, and now they're having issues because the husband is complaining that the wife is very uh, reserved and everything, and basically doesn't really want to do anything in bed, and now the mother-in-law right, of the husband is telling her daughter, like, well, 
why don't you know how to pleasure your husband and everything? And her question is, did you teach me? Well, you can't be asking me that, those questions like, well, you're the one asking me why don't why can't I can't pleasure my husband. So who taught me how to do it? Like who talked to yeah. me about this thing? Nobody. But now I'm expected yeah. to do all these things because he's complaining now. And then and my thing was like, why is he complaining? What is he doing? Like, you know, if you think you know so much, why don't you try to educate her a little bit so you guys can get to a better level? Yeah. Yeah, education goes a long way in saving things, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. And so when I see people, they're like, you know, I tell them how clitorises work and how penises work. And they're like, oh, this makes so much sense, right? Because even when we do learn this stuff in school, we learn like what a penis is, what a vagina is, maybe, right? We learn why, why, why not to have sex, right? Like my sex education was like, they showed us pictures of genitals that had been infected with sexually transmitted diseases. And it was like, why would anybody want to ever do this? And then I had sex for the first time and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when we're taught like all of these like fear-based, don't do, don't, don't, don't. There's a lot of shame that we hold around that, right? And then we become adults and it's like, oh, our pleasure matters. Oh, but how do, what is that? Like, how do I even understand what that is when I've been distancing myself from it for so long? No, yeah, definitely. And some of the things that we, we learned too, uh, maybe things we should have been taught in school. I know we'd never had that in growing up back in Sierra Leone in high school. There's never sex education. As biology, like you said, they would talk about diseases that can result from sexual transmitted diseases and stuff like that. And you're told, okay, if you do this, you do this, you do this. And they tell you, well, if you have sex, use condom. But they never show you what a condom is. Mm. And you don't really have that much access to it. Uh, but you're expected to use it to protect yourself. And you're expected to not be sexually active and just grow up to be this perfect being. But then when you grow up, like, you should know all this stuff. And then you come to America and then you realize like, oh my God, like this is what sex is. This is what this life is. And um, having conversations with people that are into alternative things when it comes to pleasures, when it comes to sex. And for me, I know sometimes, I want to say I'm a really open-minded person, but sometimes when people just tell you certain things, which honestly, if you look at it, it's not weird. I just get that reaction like, oh my, you're into that? Like, <laughs> and, uh, and that's because we're not educated enough to understand that people find pleasure in different things, right? Mm -hmm. Like the yes. first time I discovered, uh, first of all, I heard this term BDSM. I had no idea what it was. And then I discovered it. I was like, wow, this is a thing. Like, it's really a thing, right? And then yeah. I realized that there's such a huge community for it. Mm -hmm. And I was telling somebody about it and they go like, really? Like, people really do that? Like, wow, America is crazy. I'm like, nah, it's like, People do that back in Africa, but they don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. And you know what? But but that's also part of the reason why we don't talk about things, right? Because you're so afraid that someone's going to yuck your yum, right? And all we want to do is be normal. And so if I'm out here like craving bondage and like I talk to my partner about it and they have that same reaction, they're like, what? You people do that? Um, no. Then I'm probably never going to say that again to another partner, right? And now I am repressed. <laughs> And I'm not, you know, my sexual freedom is not as, as liberated as it could be because someone yucked my yum, right? And so, yeah, I, you do have to, but that also, that comes with not being exposed to these things, right? Not knowing what's out there because some people are like, oh, BDSM, no. And then they take my Fifty Shades of Play introduction to BDSM class and they're like, wait a minute, I do like bondage. I would like to be tied up. Maybe this is something that I want to do, right? But we have all of these preconceived notions like Fifty Shades of Grey makes you think that all BDSM is abusive. And like, no, in fact, it can be used to help heal a lot of traumas. I wish more Black people would be talking about BDSM because it- Oh, yeah. It can be really healing, yeah. And actually, as much as I don't like the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, not because of whatever, it's just because I read the books prior and I just feel like it did not live up to my expectation as far as what I was expecting. And um, I felt like that exposed a lot of Black people to that part of uh, when it comes to sexuality and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, But then again, most people end up thinking that's what it's all about. It's all about the Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm like, well... Like 99% of you guys are not Christian Grey. You don't have helicopters <laughs> over the place. So uh, Also, Christian, like, so can we talk about this for a second? So BDSM is not, like, Fifty Shades of Grey is the worst example on TV of, of BDSM, right? Christian Grey was a rich, borderline psychopathic 
person, right? And a lot of the like safety mechanisms that are built into like the BDSM play were not discussed. It was a very just irresponsible display of BDSM. But I am really grateful you're right that like a lot more people started talking about it. Ooh, what's bondage? Ooh, what's these clamp things that he was using? Like it was, it made people curious because they were exposed. So, so. Yeah. And I know a lot of gray silk ties sold. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why I remember that fact. Uh, a lot of gray silk ties <laughs> sold that year when the, when the first one came out. And I was like, these poor people are going to go and choke out their partners, having no idea what they're doing. But like you said, it's all about exposure. It's all about mm-hmm. finding people like yourself that can educate us and say, look, it is okay to explore these things, but you have to do it in a way where you understand all the, the mechanisms and everything that goes into it. You don't mm-hmm. just grab a, a, a tie and like tie somebody down or whatever. There's a process to this thing. And if you understand yeah. the process, then you actually get the pleasure out of it. But the process is what's beautiful, right? Like BDSM, before you even begin to start playing, right? You and your partner have to have a good, like, deep conversation about boundaries and like safe words and what you will do and what you won't do and like what you're what you're into you know and so that those are conversations that people don't typically have ever and so i think it's i don't know i think it's cool for people to even just want to explore that kind of thing because even if they decide okay bdsm is not for them they've at least started to have the conversations that help them understand what their pleasure really does look like besides you know missionary vanilla what everybody you know what porns tell us what sex is supposed to look like what is sex actually for you right and i think when you figure that out it can be really powerful. No, yeah, I know, and I know. Back uh, last year when we did the interview, I know you had this list that you you uh, provided me where you can use to have communication, like communicate with your partner. I think that's something I probably have uh, get from you, and just put it on the article. Just put it as a downloadable file so people can can maybe download that and have that conversation because that helps you a lot. It helps you start the conversation. You might not be comfortable enough to start it on your own. Yeah. So. For those who didn't hear that episode, we um we were talking about how to talk to your partner about sex. And uh, I was talking about my yes, no, maybe fantasy list. And basically, it's just a list of sexual activities. Like nobody sits down and says, okay, anal sex, do you like that? I like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, oral sex, you like that? I like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, bondage, you like that? Oh, I don't like that. Okay, next, right? So that's what the yes, no, maybe list does. You complete it on your own and your partner does too. And then you come together and you see where you both overlap. Where are your yeses and maybes and your partner's yeses and maybes the same? Maybe you guys do both want to try bondage or maybe you both want to do more, you know, hair pulling or biting. Like these are all the things that you can discover when you have this conversation and the yes, no, maybe list will definitely help spark it. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And you and you talked about like the porn industry is taught on some people. So when they see these porn stars going at it and they think that's what sex is, like, come on, that's a produ- uh, production. Uh, you gotta know. Well, it's and it's getting worse, right, with OnlyFans. So and not worse. Like I just want to say that for the people out there who are doing sex work and you know selling making only making money on OnlyFans, do your thing like i am not condemning anybody at all but what i am saying is when you do that it's transactional it's not like a person is like okay like this is a job right these are paid actors that are acting in porns and these are paid models who are making this is not like a pleasure-based thing and when you think about your own personal sexual experiences how often do they actually look like the porns and when they do how pleasurable was that really Exactly. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely true. And I was reading an article, and I'm glad you actually brought up OnlyFans. And this is, uh, I believe, let me just read a, a bit of this from the New York Times, right? And this was from back in February. That's before the whole COVID. Uh, well, I guess COVID would have been around, but you know, he, but before we knew about it. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into that. The, uh-huh. <laughs> but just uh, it says. Every day, hundreds of men pay Danny Harwood to enact their sexual fantasies and boost their self-esteem. Sometimes her clothes come off. Uh, sometimes she dresses up as a nurse or a dominatrix. If a guy is a regular customer, she likely knows his birthday, the names of his children, his pets, and even when to call after a surgical procedure. Now, this is somebody that you never met in person that has all this information about you. 
that you pay your money now like like you said uh kudos to the sex workers because you you're doing your you're doing your thing that's your business that's your hustle but mm -hmm. these some of these men like you said have children um have pets these are family men that have wives that they will never sit down and have a conversation with. They say, well, I would like to see you dress up as a nurse or as a dominatrix or do this or do this. But they're willing to pay somebody like Harwood hundreds of dollars to do the same thing. Yeah. And, it, and then the wife is like, well, the wife is telling her girlfriend, like, well, he doesn't talk to me. We don't communicate. I don't know what he likes, but he's an OnlyFans paying somebody else to do what he likes when he has a wife that he doesn't have to pay. All he has to do is have a conversation with her. Okay, can I tell you something? And you can tell me if this is true. I'm not a man and I'm not a black man, so I really can't, you know, speak for y'all. But from what I've seen, so society teaches men, right? This is part of toxic masculinity, that to use your words and emotions through your words is a signal of weakness, right? And so by default, you all learn to communicate more with the body, right? Yeah. Whereas women, we are taught not to be strong or tough because that's not feminine, right? And we talk through our emotions. That's what we do. So our language is words and y'all's language is touch. And so when you are asking a man to put, Esther Perel is my favorite sex educator and she has a book called Mating in Captivity. It's a great book where she analyzes all this. Mm -hmm. But basically, she says, um, one of the men in her book is quoted, and he says, it is so hard for me to put my heart into the prison of words. Oh, wow. That's, that's deep. Right? Because it's like you are literally taught not to be this way, not to show emotion, and not to talk about your problem. Like, you know what I mean? Not to talk about those emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if he is afraid to have this conversation, if he is afraid of her reaction, what if she doesn't want to do it? Then that's a whole like lifelong problem that he has to deal with versus just paying someone who's not going to divorce him or cause problems in his life to do what he wants and just, you know, and not even have a conversation about it. Look, here's the money. This is what I want. Right. It's not a conversation. It's not a no reaction from her. No. Is that OK with you? No, it's very transactional. And so I recognize the role that sex workers play in dysfunctional, sexually dysfunctional relationships. But like, it, you know, so the two things are like we as women have to learn how to speak the language of physicality. Right. And men, if they want to meet us on common ground, have to learn how to speak the words. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true because like you said it's it's really tough sometimes to have these conversations and but that's where something like the yes no maybe list comes into play because mm -hmm. if you if you know how am I if you're thinking well how am I going to start this conversation with her so download the list hey so I downloaded this from Rivers website um here you go it's a copy in your spare time just go ahead and uh, answer it I'll answer mine and then whenever we got time we can sit down and compare notes. Mm -hmm. so that's it so the conversation is really short but then once you sit down and then you take her list and you start saying like oh my god she likes like half the things i do but i would never guess that because i never had that conversation but now that you have that list and you have the answers you can start saying well okay so you like this well what about this do you like mm -hmm. like that and i know once you once i've shared my list with you i know at this point you know what i like so I go, i'm gonna have that conversation with you anyway mm -hmm. That's the question. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to have that conversation with you but uh like you said only fans all they plays its role and i know a lot of people have been knocking it and i've been seeing people commenting on that these people on instagram that have only fans saying well you're selling your body and all that stuff but half of these people are the same people that are still going on OnlyFans and actually paying. And then come on Instagram and pretend like you don't, I was like, come on, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure you have another name on OnlyFans and you're paying for it. But what's your take on that when it comes to what people are saying, like uh, as far as sex workers, that they're selling their body and all that stuff, uh, that, 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 is, that is not something they should be doing. What's your take on that? First of all, I identify as a sex worker. I suck silicone penises and vulvas for a living. So that would make me a sex worker. Right. Mm -hmm. With that said, a lot of people don't view what I do as sex work. Right. People not in this industry, but people like, you know, just lay people, just the everyday person. Right. And that has to stop. Anyone who is working in this industry, who is educating, who is coaching, who is counseling, who is working full service, working as a cam girl, selling pictures of themselves or videos or whatever. We're all in this field of sex work. OK, mm -hmm. number one. 
Number two, sex work is necessary and much of it is not illegal, right? And so people have criminalized this industry that is very like legitimate. I make a full-time living doing what I do, not because of anything salacious, but because people need to know these things, right? Yeah. When you think about the role of a sex worker for the disabled or for people with disabled partners, right? Or there's this new movement now called, well, it's not new, but it's newish, right? It's called surrogate partner therapy, where a person works with a therapist, a licensed professional works with a therapist and the, the patient to basically be in relationship with them both intimately and sexually so that they can learn the habits and behaviors that are necessary and and healthy in yeah. a positive helpful relationship right and so how is that different from sex work like <laughs> yeah, definitely like so so what i'm saying is like these you it is a person's choice to sell their body. If you think that a coal miner is labor, but sex workers are not, then you have a like very warped understanding of what labor is. A person has signed up to do this work. They got the body to do it. People are paying for it. Like it's, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it comes from, again, this like shame and like taboo that we put on sex. Because when, even when I first started my work, people were like, I can't, you're not going to make a living doing that. Why would you do that? And those same people are in my classes and paying for coaching and really understanding why I would do that. Right. <laughs> so. No, yeah. So because and that's the thing as well, because I know I've seen people like will post the comments that they get from these people that are condemning them. It's like, oh, if I see you in the streets and uh, I'm going to do this to you, I'm going to do that to you. Oh, and, my goodness. And some of these, uh, actually, which is why I want to address this as well. Some of these were black men commenting on the black women's social mm -hmm. media uh, platforms saying, like, you can't be selling your body and everything. And these are the same men who love Cardi B, too, right? Like, it's like, no, you're selling your body, but Cardi B is queen. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Exactly. That's the thing. Like you tell these people that they're selling a body, but then you go to the strip club and you spend two, three hundreds of dollars and uh, just wasting money and all that stuff. You, well, you don't consider it wasting money because it's what you want to do, but what they're doing because somebody else is paying for it and you're not willing to pay for it on uh, OnlyFans and all oh, y'all are selling your bodies and everything. You can't, can't be doing that and all that stuff. And you're threatening them. And I think there was somebody that was attacked by somebody that followed her. And it was a, it was a black girl. And it's, it got me thinking like, okay, we, we're willing to do these things for, and this is, and I don't want to generalize it and say it's all black men, but most of the ones that I've come to realize that have problems with black women will not complain if the person that was doing this was not a black woman. They will yeah. pay for it. They will, they will say, well, she, she's just, she has a right to do whatever she wants to do with her body. But then as soon as it becomes a black woman, it's, oh, you can't be doing that. Uh, it makes you look cheap or whatever. You might like absolute silence or lo-fi beats. Maybe you stand, sit, or relocate every hour. You might want fresh coffee always within reach or a game nearby for those quick breaks. Whatever your work style, you deserve a setup that inspires. And Best Buy tech experts can help you online, in-store, or at home so you can find what's right for you. Work for you space achieved. Details at bestbuy.com. Welcome to Modern Life, a brand new podcast from Fidelity Investments that's here to help you live your best life. From marriage and parenting to choosing a career and deciding how to invest your time and money, each week you'll hear stories from incredible people about triumph, change and discovering their purpose search modern life wherever you find your podcast and hit follow or subscribe for new episodes fidelity broker services llc member nyse sipc 900 salem street smithfield rhode island 02917 uh, you can't be selling your body and uh, these are the same people who attack black women and the same black women that will be out in the streets protesting for black uh, black lives matter for black men protecting black men but they're being attacked by the same people they're trying to protect, right? And uh, I know there was this uh, BLM activist in Florida that was killed by a black man. That got me thinking, yeah. like, we we always say black lives, black lives, black lives, but we're not protecting our mothers. We're not protecting our sisters, our daughters. 
Um, we're not protecting our wives, our girlfriends, our girlfriends, right? We're not protecting them. We're putting them out there. We're the ones judging them harshly. We're the ones treating them as if they're less than. I see. I call this all of these instances that you mentioned are what I like to call patriarchal paradoxes, mm -hmm. right? So when you see a black woman making money in the sex industry, two things happen. One, you're watching, you're taking a person who is oppressed by the patriarchy and then taking that oppression and empowering themselves with a little capitalism, right? You're seeing this thing happen and you're like, okay, oh, you're, you're fighting the patriarchy. I don't like this, right? But also now you become unreachable, right? Like I see a lot of men railing against Instagram models, right? It's like they talk so bad about these Instagram models. And it's like, these aren't even sex workers. These are Instagram models, right? They are, they rail against them because these women seem so out of reach, right? And it's like, well, if I can call you cheap and step on your self-esteem, then maybe you'll be back into my reach. You know what I mean? So I see it's this mechanism, right? It's like, oh, I, you know, I'm trying to fight against the patriarchy, but also perpetuating the patriarchy at the same damn time. So I call it a patriarchal paradox. It happens a lot, <laughs> especially especially when we when we start to like examine what it means to be top like Matt what it means for masculinity to be toxic versus healthy right because there is we talk a lot about toxic masculinity but we don't talk about what healthy masculinity looks like right and healthy masculinity looks like protecting black women no yeah 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 definitely. <laughs> right yeah. black women black femmes black trans people like these are the most marginalized of folks and i think and i'm about to say something that's a little controversial i apologize in advance okay black men have a lot of privilege when it when we look at this landscape of blackness right black men have the privilege of the patriarchy they have patriarchal privilege so that means their voices are heard when ours are not that means all of the black men who are dying at the hands of the police are more likely to get you know, shout it out louder and their stories will be spread because this is the patriarchy at work, right? And so at the same time, where I'm not saying that Black men are privileged. I'm not saying that Black men have more or less privilege than each, you know what I mean? What I am saying is that Black men have male privilege mm -hmm. and male privilege allows them into places and spaces where they have the opportunity to either perpetuate that toxic masculinity or protect black women because there is no in between there is no you cannot support the patriarchy and protect black women at the same time you just can't do it so a lot of the dismantling of the patriarchy is happening right now with the reproductive and women's rights and trans rights and racism right and calling out racial injustice we are dismantling a lot of the tenets of the patriarchy and now is the time to really like examine your privilege and how the patriarchy is impacting you because the patriarchy is the reason why people don't have their foreskins in this country okay the patriarchy is the reason why many women will not suck a penis the patriarchy is the reason why you are expected in old age to stay hard and erectile dysfunction has you not having orgasms, right? Mm -hmm. The patriarchy eps you over too. So, so the more you can do to dismantle it and protect the women who are working to protect you, the better all of these things that we're talking about are gonna be, right? The better our sex lives are gonna be, the better our access to pleasure, the better our lives in this country and beyond. No, yeah, definitely. And that's, uh, that's something, and that's why I always challenge the audience, the, the brothers listening. It's like, you guys got to have this, listen to these conversations because you're thinking that, okay, you're just doing it because you don't want them to be doing this with their body. But like you said, it's a patriarchal proud, uh, paradox, right? Because you're still trying to say, I'm trying to break this thing that society has built for centuries, but you're still helping it. You're still actually out there doing the same exact thing that you're saying they're doing to you, right? Like, I'm listening to you talking, I'm like, holy shit, right? Uh, the brothers out there, they say, nah, man, nah, she can't be doing that. Like, Why? Why not? And you really don't have a good reason for it. It's just, you just feel like within you, it's wrong for them to be doing it. That's because it's been built within you to fight for this thing that actually doesn't protect you even, right? It, and uh, like you're saying, like black men having that privilege as males, and I I experience that all the time, right? Because when I work in the in the hospitality industry, and I'll have some white men that will come in, and you have like a, a black female server, they do not want to address that uh, person. So usually they will have like their wives talk to her, and 
And then one of my servers actually called me and said, yo, you need to talk to this guy. And when I went over, he had a conversation with me. And then at the end of it, it's like, you know, man to man. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm thinking, okay, you were not willing to talk to this server. That's one of our best servers. And she was doing everything she could to make sure that you were happy with your experience, but you would not open your mouth and talk to this lady because I'm assuming it's because she was female and not only that, she was a black female because you let your wife talk to her because I guess at least you guys are both females so you can talk. And then as soon as I went over there, the wife didn't even say a single word. He was the first one to start saying something. And like, wait, so I was kind of shocked. So I went over to him and I said, are you sure he did not talk? He's like, yeah, he would not say a single word to me. And then I observed when she went back over and I noticed that he would not say anything. He would just look at his wife and point to her and then the wife would say something. And uh, it's stuff like that. And as men, we usually just ignore it because somebody would throw the, you know, man-to-man thing. And so you mm-hmm. know the fact that what they're doing is actually mm-hmm. your, your sister, your wife, your girlfriend is less than but I would still talk to you, even though I consider you less than, but at least you're a man. I'll give mm-hmm. you that. So we, mm-hmm. that, we think, oh, no, no, we're just talking man to man. After that observation, I started like, I don't like the whole thing man to man anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about her? Like, she doesn't matter anymore. And so uh, that's one thing I want guys to think about when you're out there, you're going through your day, you just, people are telling you man to man and all that stuff. What does that really mean? It's telling you mm-hmm. that. The females, the women around you are not as important as you. They're invisible. Yeah, yeah. They don't matter. Mm-hmm. And like, the thing is, there are certain, like, and this is why I said, like, I, so my, when you ask me what my, like, thing I want Black men to do is just examine how you have perpetuated the patriarchy today, right? Like, what have I done to contribute to my own oppression today? And how can I change that tomorrow, right? Because we do so much to contribute, right? Can we talk about WAP really quick? I know we, yeah. like, we're going over, but can we talk about WAP? Yeah, definitely. Because so many men are like, I see them, so many Black men were pissed off about that song. How dare Black women make a song called anything about pussy? Like, this is just unacceptable. I'm not going to mention Biggie, Tupac, yeah. um, like Scarface, like every, and those are just the old rappers, like not to mention these new folks, okay? I'm not even going to get on, Lil Wayne, I'm not going to get on it, okay? But not to apples to apples, I'm not even going to do that. What I'm saying is, if you really examine that song, it's not about vagina, mostly. Yeah. Like there are certain like small references to it, but it's mostly about penises. Mm -hmm. It's mostly about having sex with penises. So that is a song all about penis. (laughs) And and men are mad. Like, why are you mad? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Because actually when the the song came out and well, somebody told me, it's like, yeah, you've listened to WAP. And I'm like, what is that? Because I had no idea that the song came out. I always thought about it. I said, like, maybe Cardi B and Megan should do something. I was like, that would be fire and all that stuff. Not to know that these people were working on something and actually released it. <laughs> I got to work. Everybody's talking about WAP, WAP, WAP. And I was like, what is this? And they told me what it was. But then all I listened to was the stuff on TikTok, the little snippets. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was doing something in the back. And I was like, you know what? It came on my Spotify list. And it started playing. And I was listening to the lyrics. And I just put, uh, put that on repeat. I was like, oh my God, this is fire right here. And uh, the chef came by, uh, a female chef, and I was like, and I told her, I said, have you listened to this? Like, this is fire right now. She's like, you just listening? So this has been out for like a few months now. Like, I'm like yeah. <laughs> I said, I listened to the little part, like the certified freak and all that stuff, but uh-huh, uh-huh. little snippets on, his, on uh, TikTok and stuff. And that's exactly. all I knew. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that sounds cool, but the rest of the music probably sucks. But then I listened to it and I listened to the lyrics. I'm like, yo, first of all, it shows talent right here. It shows these ladies going at it. <laughs> like it's challenging the status quo, right? Because you yeah. always think like the guys are the ones with it. Yeah, we say, oh, Megan can do it. But then I always got to say, well, but this other dude can do it even better. And all that stuff. And yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Most of the time it's because they're guys. That's why we say that. But then I listened to the both of them. And I've always been in love with Cardi B. Remember watching Cardi B with my wife when she was on the show. And it's just a laugh for me. That's what got me hooked on Cardi B. So when she actually started doing her music and just blew up, I almost felt like that one of those friends from the neighborhood that we used to, we grew up, like I knew you before you were Cardi B kind of thing. So, and then Megan came along and I wanted them to always uh, collaborate because I felt like they were going to challenge 
what we as men have placed in society and they're going to be fearless about it. And that song actually has gotten a lot of people challenging things because uh, when they listen to it, well, they're doing that. And it's not that this is the first time we've talked about pussy and all that stuff on, in music, even by a woman, but yeah, people like Lil' Kim and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like we forget so quick, uh, so easily that this has been there before. And yeah. because now it's in this, uh, with this uh, movement and everything that's going on, and it's challenging us as black men. And we start putting out these little memes and stuff on social media, telling people like, well, you, you, you don't have a WAP or whatever. You got a DAP and all that stuff. So that's what I was about to say. So I actually don't like that song. I'm not a fan um, because I think as a sex educator, right? Like, so personally, it comes on, I'll twerk a little bit. But like, <laughs> but, per, but as a sex educator, it's doing that perpetuating thing, right? This is a patriarchal paradox where it's like, all right, your pussy has to be wet and it has to be always on. It has to be super fire and it has to be great every time. And if it's dry, you have no value. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Look, I'm going to tell y'all something. And this is, again, an unpopular opinion. If Cardi B is breastfeeding, she has DAP right now unless she's using lube. Because when you breastfeed, you have lower levels of testosterone in your body, which is directly correlated to how much lubricant we have in our bodies. So if you are breastfeeding, if she's still breastfeeding culture, then she probably is using lube because her pussy is not getting as wet. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to not have a dripping wet vagina every time it's okay to take a few minutes to get hard okay like i just wish people would stop putting such pressures on each other because now right we have all of these new ways to insult each other it's like oh well you got dab or it ain't that or like it just no yeah so no yeah i definitely see that but for me i was like i actually love it just because of like the lyrics and everything and the fact that it's catchy i wanted to see these two people collaborate and and i'm looking at it as okay they're taking back some of that oh women should be this and they're saying look we can be strong we can be bold we can actually talk about these things that you men have always been talking about and you you perpetuate this thing on, on your music your videos and everything but then when we do it it's a problem mm-hmm. like it's, oh oh my god you can't be t- like if i was i would have been the same person on your, on your video with the same outfit on and that video would have been fire. It would have been selling out. People would have been looking at loving it and say, oh, he got Cardi B and Megan on his video doing all this. Dance. Mm-hmm. But now it's just the two of us doing it. It's a prop. Uh, then when we got, we got one of the Kardashians on it. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about the Kardashian. <laughs> Please got, don't. Yeah, You're going to trigger me. Yeah, and, it, and I almost <laughs> triggered myself. <laughs> but it's like, you talk about one of those, have those people on and all of a sudden it's a problem. It's like, come on, like, do you want us to do this on our own or should we just wait for you guys to bring us on your your music videos as features and then we start dancing for you if this was a dude that had this i think it would have blew up even more oh yeah and the response would have been less visceral from the male population for sure for sure but yeah so yeah definitely that's that's another thing and i've challenged a few guys out there say look like, we said, oh, I don't like the song. I said, what don't you like about the song? Like, was it that the performance wasn't good? Was the lyrics not good? And I was like, nah, was just, like, they shouldn't even be talking about it. I was like, why? But um, what, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, it is I was like, well, like you said, Biggie and these people all talked about it. I said, well, but that's Biggie, though. I'm like, okay. So that's, what was that supposed to mean? That's Biggie, though. Okay, well, so Little Kim, but that's Little Kim, though. Like, I'm confused. That's that's the thing. It's like a lot of them don't don't have a reason for some of the things that they do. But that's where it comes back to that whole thing, perpetuating patriarchy. Okay, so that's one thing I want to say. Like, people will always say, well, there's no reason. Like, I have a preference. I don't date dark-skinned girls. Or I have a, you know, I have a preference. I just don't want my woman talking about that. Okay, but these preferences are deeply rooted in how the patriarchy has like messed with your brain right so when you start sitting down and unpacking those things is why i'm asking y'all all to unpack your relationship with the part patriarchy right because when you start unpacking those things it's like oh do i not date dark-skinned women because my mother was a dark-skinned woman and we don't have the best relationship like is that is that it but like that takes like the talking right <laughs> and that, that's why i also i'm also i've also become a an advocate for black men going to therapy yes uh, oh yes uh, it's like you gotta have those conversations i remember the first time uh me and my brother talked about going to therapy and he's like yo i'm gonna be going to therapy i was like oh i bet and he's my best friend but i called my brother and i was like okay if he's gonna go to therapy i need to try this thing out too and i went and that first conversation or the first 
maybe 20 minutes. I was kind of kind of reserved, holding everything back. And then next thing you know, it just started flowing. And after that, I was like, oh my God, like, how come I've been missing out on this? Like, what have I been doing all my life? Like, I've been missing out on this. Do you know how many Black men do this <clears throat> with their girlfriends and their wives? <laughs> They're like, oh man, this was great. I don't need to go to therapy because I just can talk to you. And I'm like, no, go to therapy. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Where did you find your therapist? I find uh, a lot of men have a hard time finding. My husband mm -hmm. has been having a hard time finding a Black male therapist. Is your therapist no, no, Black mine male? Is, mine is female. Uh, uh, so as Black girl therapy. Okay, therapy that's where black, I found mine. Therapy for black girls, right? That's where I found mine, yeah. I was just going to give him my therapist, and then I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to give him my therapist. <laughs> so one of my mentors, um, she lives in Baltimore, Crystal Henry, and she were talking, and she told me, like, yeah. Well, actually, my therapist got uh, connected me with one of my mentors because we had a conversation, and she's like, look, you work well with women. Like, uh I was like, yeah, because every person I've ever worked with that uh, I feel like I learned a lot from where um, like my, were in a higher position than me with women. It's like, yeah, you work, you tend to work well with women. So you probably need a, a female mentor because uh, like the guy, the guys that I have as mentors, like some of them are awesome, but some of them are just asses, right? Like, no reason, right? <laughs> and like, bro, come on. But, uh, and... When a uh, when she we talked and she she's the one that connected me with um, she's connected me with a lot of great people and she's like you work well with women you need to reach out to this person Crystal and Crystal's been awesome she's an awesome mentor but yeah I was oh and I was thinking about a therapist and I said you know what I listened to a podcast by Side Hustle Pro I forgot her name okay okay I was listening to it and she, uh, they had the person that started uh, therapy for black girls on the uh, and she was talking about you can go on the website so I went on the website look for somebody in the area found out make sure it was covered by my insurance mm -hmm. you know, insurance that's how they trap us and then yeah founder when when they're the first conversation i came home i told my wife i said yo i said this is revolutionary like having those conversations like i was unpacking things i never even knew i had a problem of course and i had, a, I had a, a, a survey that she gave like at the beginning say okay answer these questions and everything and then she when i went she's like okay based on your answers you're borderline depressed and i'm like what I have never thought that I was borderline depressed. I see depressed people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I talk to them. I mentor people. I help them. I was like, people come to me for advice. What are you talking? He's like, yeah, they come to you for advice. But who do you go to for advice? I'm like, well, I don't know. Mm, yeah, like, that's yeah. deep. Yeah, she started uh, breaking down some things. And I was, I was telling all my friends, I was like, yo, you guys need therapy. You guys need to <laughs> Just, you're the guy you're the you're the first time therapy guy <laughs> you, you got to like it's like it's like me it's like me and my wife trying something for the first time like everybody like, yeah you gotta try this like seriously and, mm -hmm. it's, and now i know they have therapy for black men as well which is like the male equivalent of it but i'm like i wanted a female therapist because i felt like since i did not know at the time that i relate better to females than i do to men when it comes to having this kind of conversations because I feel like I, I'm on that level where I can open up more to somebody of the opposite sex and actually have a conversation because I want that perspective from a, a, a different perspective. Yeah. Another guy would just say like, okay, they will listen, but you might not get the honest truth from them when it comes to as far as like the things that they should be telling you. So I chose yeah. a, a black, a black, I was like, oh, so I wanted a female therapist, but I wanted her to be black as well. Because I wanted her to understand where I'm coming from, to understand the cultural references the history and everything behind whatever it is I'm going through. And uh, she's awesome. Uh, it, like sometimes when, uh, like the other day I missed therapy, like I freaked out. I sent her <laughs> a message. I said, yo, I missed therapy. I was there. She's like, look, we have another session like in a week. Not so you're fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get on and we'll have a conversation and she's helped me as far as my business and some of the things that I thought that I didn't know, like we did a review yesterday because it was like, was it yesterday? Friday? It was a year after I started because she re read the questionnaire to me back for the answers that I had. And the beginning of the thing I said, well, I felt lost. Like, I don't know like what my true purpose is and the things. And then I think I had to answer, I answered the question that she asked me on Friday. And she's like, you know what? Let me read what you wrote for me when we started therapy at the beginning. And then when she read that, I was like, wait, that was me? Oh, yeah, she's like, exactly. That's what you felt at that time. But the answer you just gave me shows that you now know the path that you should be walking, right? 
And then I, after that, I just I was just laughing because I was like, oh my god, okay. I, I guess I, I, just, <laughs> I kept going because I'm like I'm expecting like this aha moment to say, okay, one day I'm just gonna open my eyes and like, oh my god, everything has changed. I'm fixed. Changing, yeah. Things. Yeah. From session to session to session, and for her to just kind of take me back to a year ago to that and to that question that she had asked and I had answered it. And then me realizing that's a whole different person that answered that question versus the person that was listening to us read it. Mm. Like, oh my God. So I was like, yeah, man, uh, I, I'm awful to therapy for black men, especially. <laughs> and it, not only in this country, especially African men too. Like we suppress way more than people think. And again, we, I, I, want, I want you and every other black and African man who's listening to our conversation right now to know that y'all are not hiding anything from anybody. We know y'all need therapy. Like we all know it's not a secret. Okay. No, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a secret. <laughs> Look, it's, it's hard for us to, to admit that, but we do need therapy. And mm-hmm. I've, had a, I've had an episode previous season about therapy and uh, just reaching out to people like talk to people talk to somebody that's going through therapy if you're skeptical about it like, yeah. ask about it uh you can actually have sessions with these people like a quick 15 minute session and just see if you actually vibe with the person i am um, one of my close friends her name is esther boykin and she is a therapist she owns a therapy practice in dc and it is called um, she has these like virtual and some, you know, hopefully when things come back in person, but she has these like happy hours called therapy is not a dirty word. And it's an hour where you go and you can ask therapists come and you can ask the therapist questions like, what is therapy like? What do you do? It's like a big group discussion. And, um, and therapists are there and they will answer the questions and it's happy hours. So like, it's a very informal setting and it really helps you understand like, okay, this is what I could get from therapy. And it's good. Like it's, it's good. Therapy is not a dirty word on Instagram. That's their handle. No, definitely. I'll, I'll make sure I provide that. <coughs> give them a shout out and probably follow them too, because that's that's yeah. awesome. That's something mm-hmm. that you don't you don't want. If you don't want to feel committed, you can just go have that hour and find out, do your own research, and then find somebody that you you vibe with. Because that was one thing I was scared of. Because I thought like you like once you select a therapist, that was it. Like you were stuck with this person. And uh, my therapist told me like, look, if you don't feel like uh, there's a there's, like we're vibing. You can always choose another person. I can recommend somebody else for you. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, wow, I can really do that? He's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's your sessions. You're paying for them. And so you got to find somebody that you're able to, willing and able to talk to. that can actually mm-hmm. help you. If I'm not helping you, then why, what's, the, what's the point? And, like, that's so important. I think that, like, men are so focused on sex a lot of times because they crave emotional intimacy. And for many men, emotional intimacy is only gained through sex. Right. And so therapy helps you learn to create emotional intimacy without that romantic sexual involvement. It's great. No, yeah, no, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and she she's willing to like give me shouts out for my business and everything, connects me with people. Still. I know for the podcast, she connected me with a few people in Atlanta and said you need to reach out to this person, that person. You found a good therapist. Oh, That's yeah. a good therapist. <laughs> Even when I wanted to do couples therapy, she's like, Look, uh, if your wife doesn't feel comfortable with me being her the therapist because I'm already your therapist. I can always recommend somebody else. They can mm-hmm. do a couple's therapy. And then you can still just have me as your therapist. I'm like, you know what? Let's do that because I don't want to share. Yeah. Well, she tends to take over anything that I share with her. I share my friend with her all of a sudden. They're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> my sister with her all of a sudden. Their sisters are like, no, that's not how it works. And I'm not about to sit here. And next thing you know, she's texting my therapist, Kiki on the phone, like, oh my. No. That's not going to happen. Let's find somebody. I feel the same way. No, I feel this. I do not want to share my therapist with my husband because I'm like, you get your own therapist. I talk to her about you. I don't want her to meet you. Like, (laughs) my lives in Colombia and uh, uh, I think she, her therapy company is called Black Girl Therapy. uh, Black Girl Nice. Yeah. So she, and she's awesome. She, uh, she's awesome. She also does like, she's a, she's a motivational speaker as well and all that stuff, but she's awesome. But it's been awesome having you on. And uh, before we, we get up, I just uh, want to ask, uh, well, first things first, one thing, I just want you to flex a little bit for the people. Like, what, what are you working on right now that people need to look forward to and uh, how can they connect with you on all the platforms? Yeah, so I am currently working on a podcast 
about sex work called On the Business of Sex, where I'm interviewing traditional sex workers, but also folks in the sex industry adjacent to sex work, like therapists, counselors, educators, bloggers, um, product creators, all of those things to talk about what it means to be in this field the barriers that we encounter. And if you're someone who wants to get into this work, this is a really great podcast to listen to, to figure that out, right? And so it comes out in February, 2021. It's called On the Business of Sex and it'll be available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you want to find me before that, you can go to www.rebathediva.com. If you're looking for sex education classes, you can sign up online at sexpertconsultants.com. I'm on all things social at Reba the Diva. No, awesome. Like you guys need to connect with Reba. She uh, always has the these classes that she's doing. I know she was downplaying these classes, but now. Nah. <laughs> and ladies, I know you're listening as well. Please feel free to connect with her. If you have questions, send it, send them her way or you can send them my way and I'll see if she can answer some of them for you. And um, just go to these classes, have these conversations. And like you have already know, she's just pointed out a few things that are going on in the area. If you're in the D.C. area and like black men, you need therapy or you want to find out about therapy, make sure you go for one of these sessions. It's virtual right now, right? River? Yeah. Therapy is not a dirty word. Mm -hmm. yeah, so therapy is definitely not a dirty word. And the same <laughs> thing with sex. Sex is not a dirty word. Like You, you just got to know what you're doing and reach out to people like Reba to educate you because uh, it's not just about the, the act of it. It's uh, everything else that comes with it. It's the communicating. Mm -hmm. It's being open and being uh, available for your partner, guys. So... Um, Reba, thank you for coming on. But uh, before I let you go, there's one thing, one final thing that we usually ask, and we call this section the Say It Out Loud. And I usually like to ask my guests, what is one issue that is going on right now that you want to say out loud? And what are you doing uh, in your work or in your personal life to address this issue? And how can we help uh, bring this issue in the forefront? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest issue that I want to call out is sexual shame. And I want to call it out and say its name because that's how you get rid of shame is by calling it out and shining a light on it. Um, and what am I doing to, to help that is these workshops, having conversations like these and empowering people like you to have more conversations with like these with other people. And then I'm training. I'm training other people to be just like me. We just started our training program on October 1st and it's going through December 1st. And we start again, January through March. And um, I recognize that like there are people out in this world who want to help people combat sexual shame and want to educate people about sex education, but don't have the resources or the know-how or the roadmap to get started. And, and that's what I do. Now that's awesome. So if somebody <laughs> wants to become a sex educator like yourself, so, and you say you're doing a training now going on, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, I'm, well, since the training already started for this uh, year, how can they uh, sign up for the next year's training? Yeah, so enrollment is actually still open okay. for January through March through the end of December. So if you go to sexpertconsultants.com slash apply, you can put in your application and get the interview process started. Um, we do an application, an interview, and then um, we tell you about all of the different opportunities that are available with our program. Um, and then you can enroll as late as March first of next year um and then we close enrollment all summer and it opens back up again uh, at the end of july for october through december oh that's awesome and like you said yep. sexual shame is a, it's a real thing it's out there we've uh people have committed suicide because of yeah. it. um people have killed people yeah because of it and um we we sometimes ignore it because yeah. like we do with every other shame, we just ignore it. So well, if you don't talk about it, then uh, it doesn't exist, but it does mm -hmm. exist. And it's a serious thing. I want to thank Riva for doing what she's doing to put it on the forefront. And uh, for you guys out there, I challenge you guys today, when you're going out there, I want you to start talking about this. I want you to discuss this. I want you to share this uh, episode with your friends, with your brothers, with your sisters. And I want you to start answering some of the questions she had for you. Like, what are you doing to perpetuate the thing that is holding you down, that's bringing you down, mm -hmm. that you're complaining about, but you are actually helping it stay where it is right now while we're trying to dismantle it? What are you doing? Start analyzing your actions because sometimes we might be blinded to our own actions because we think that's how we should be acting. But start questioning these actions. Like, 
if you're telling a black woman that she can't uh, have an OnlyFans because you feel like she's uh, inaccessible to you now because she's making her money and she's doing what she's doing, doing her hustle, and you have no good reason, you're helping perpetuate what the white man has put. That's basically what it is. Like They've taught you that men should always be on top and you feel that way, but you have no way to actually vocalize that. So you just say, well, yeah, she shouldn't be selling her body. <laughs> not questioning these things, like your actions, right? And I'm going to share with you guys the, the list, the yes, maybe list that Reba has. So answer those things and then look and see if you're still not able to have that conversation with your partner, jump on the website with Reba and then sign up for a class. Uh, yeah. Maybe you both sign up for a class, go together. And it's not just going to be you guys. It's Other people will be there too. I'm pretty sure if you want to do something private as well, you mm-hmm. have uh, those options as well. But yeah. go to the class, see how the people are going through the same struggles you're going through. And mm-hmm. this is not just you. It's, ev- it's everybody. But uh, Riba, it's awesome having you on. And I cannot wait to see when next we'll be back on. And I'm looking forward to the new podcast. People, you guys keep an eye out. I say it's coming on in February 2021. February 2021 is called On the Business of Sex. On the Business of Sex. I'm definitely <laughs> going to make sure as soon as she lets me know when it's going to drop, I'm going to share it with you guys so you guys can jump on, start subscribing, liking, and sharing the podcast. All right? Well, thanks, thanks, Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you guys for listening today, people. With more time at home, your culinary skills have improved, but don't stop there. The selection and expertise at Best Buy can help you get the latest tech to take your skills to the next level. Cooking chops unlocked. Details at BestBuy.com. Don't mind me, just sneaking out to go to Kohl's. The home deals right now, they're too good to pass up. Like up to 40% off Cuddle Dead's bedding, up to 50% off the cutest fall decor, and up to 25% off Ninja Kitchen appliances. How can I resist? You can even get 15% off or 15, 20, or 30% off with a Kohl's card. So, yeah, I'm going all in for fall, and I can't even wait. Select styles. Offers end October 17th. Some of students apply. See store or Kohl's account for details.